Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, it's a Star Trek The Next Generation reunion with Patrick Stewart, Gates McFadden, Michael Dorn, and Jonathan Frakes. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm your fearless leader, Mr. Josh Horowitz. You don't have to call me Mr. Though, just call me Josh if you see me. And I'm seeing more and more of you at all these live events. And this is another one today. But it's not just another one, guys. Oh my god, I was dying about this one. This is, for season three of Star Trek Picard, a full-on reunion for... Much of the crew of the USS Enterprise. What can I say? I am a big-time Star Trek nerd. Went to the conventions as a kid. And to get the opportunity to sit down with Patrick Stewart. His third time on the podcast, guys. How is this my life? Plus, his next-gen co-stars, Gates McFadden, Michael Dorn, and Jonathan Frakes. On the occasion of the new season of Star Trek Picard. Well... I was in Star Trek Nirvana. This was a live event at the 92NY. It was a sold-out event. 800-plus Trekkies, Trekkers, whatever you want to call yourselves, were with me. And now it's here for you guys. But more on that in just a second. Um, other things I want to mention. I've been mentioning this in recent weeks, but I want to remind you guys. I don't know how you're listening to the podcast. If it's on you know, Spotify or Overcast or, or whatever the platform. But I do want to mention, if you haven't tried Spotify, a cool new thing they're doing over there that I was unaware of is you can actually listen and watch the podcasts, including mine, on Spotify. So if you are a Spotify uh, listener and watcher, give Happy, Sad, Confused a try on that platform. Um, and if you're not, that's okay. <laughs> watch on YouTube, listen on whatever app you use. I don't care, but I did want to mention that because um, Spotify is offering that as a new um, feature, and it's really cool. Uh, we don't have any new live events that I can mention just yet, but we're working on a bunch. There will be more to come, trust me. And if you want to get in on those live events uh, and be the first to know and get your tickets and get discount codes, go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. Not only do you get that stuff, you get merch, you get early access to all the episodes, audio and video, and a lot of fun little surprises along the way. Uh, and for the executive producers at the lofty executive producer level, uh, you get some uh, really cool special stuff, including autographed posters, meeting greets with me, uh, all the bells and whistles. I'll even follow you on your social media platform of choice. I'm, I'm just here for you guys. This is a service industry, and I'm serving you. Uh, and my service to you for the week is this, this uh, episode. Um, this was, as I said, it was a live event, and it was a magical night in New York City. Um, it was... You know, a real, like, it was one of those things that I, you know, I could never have imagined happening. I don't think any of us could imagine it happening. This is 35 years after Next Generation premiered. I was all of 11 years old when that show came around, and I was obsessed from the start, guys. Um, but it's been a long while since these folks have gathered, gathered for a project. Um, 20, about 20 years or so, I think, a little over 20 since Star Trek Nemesis, their last big screen outing. And now on season three of Picard, they have reunited, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast recently, but I've watched six episodes of this show, and I've had my issues with other seasons of the new Trek shows, I'll be honest. This one made me so happy. 
so happy. And if you're a Next Gen fan, if you're a Deep Space Nine fan, if you're a Voyager fan, if you have any of the, the old shows, uh, there's a lot here for you. A lot of delicious surprises and rewards. Um, it was very satisfying. And again, I've only seen the first six of ten. So the show's out on Paramount Plus right now. By the time you listen to this, the first episode's out. Uh, I think they're rolling them out one at a time. Um, I can't wait to see the rest, and uh, I've, I'm not alone. Every kind of diehard Trek fan I know has been kind of geeking out about this new season of Picard. So props to Terry Metalis, who's the showrunner. I got a chance to meet him at New York Comic Con when I moderated an event. And, um, yeah, just excited that we have some really great kind of classic next-gen but evolved Trek in our lives again. Um I got a chance to hang out with these guys a lot beforehand. I, I mean, I, I, you definitely you have those kind of moments, right? Like in my, in my business, when you're looking at the conversation you're having and you're thinking, wait, how is this real life? And that happened to me when I'm like having like a 20 minute conversation backstage with Gates McFadden. <laughs> I mean, you know, Gates McFadden, this is, you know, this is not like, you know, I, I get it, this is not Shirley MacLaine, but Gates McFadden to my childhood might as well be Shirley MacLaine. She meant more to me. She uh, she was on my television week after week. I saw her in 150 episodes or whatever of Star Trek The Next Generation, and she couldn't have been cooler and nicer. Um, and, and then Frakes, who was kind of like my favorite character on the original, uh, on Next Gen, um, was so excited to be at 92 and why Dorn was dry but really funny especially on stage he kind of like he really had some of my favorite moments and then Patrick Stewart come on guys I this is again one of those people like how does how does Patrick Stewart know who I am Patrick Stewart his third time on the podcast a, a, a legend um so I'm so privileged to share the time I have had with him and now his co-stars from next gen and Picard, and uh, I think I think you guys are going to really feel the magic that was in the air that night. There's some moments, as always, for these live events, I should mention, that will play better in video form than in audio form. So if you hear us laughing or a pause or something, go with it, uh, because, um, you know, sometimes a look tells it all. But you're going to get 99% of it, and I think you're going to going to get a kick out of it. Um, enjoy the new season of Star Trek Picard, as I said. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, and coming soon, another episode of Happy Sad Confused this week, our regular Thursday slot, is uh, Anthony Mackie. That's a wild episode. Stay tuned. Uh, but the main event today, here we go, guys. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to Happy Sad Confused. Spread the good word. Leave us a review. Uh, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. And let me take you back now to a live taping of the podcast, 92NY, me and the cast of Star Trek Picard. Hello, good evening. Uh, welcome to a sold-out 92NY event, a live edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome, guys. Um... I know why you're here, guys. Uh, I am here for the same reason. I, I grew up with Star Trek, and I grew up with this cast. And 
I don't know if it's a miracle or what, we're all in the right place today, guys. Uh, you, the audience here has just seen uh, the first episode of season three of Star Trek Picard, and it's amazing, isn't it, guys? It's, yeah. Uh, hate me if you want, but I've seen the first six episodes. It's, 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 honestly, you don't even know what is coming. It's insane. I'm not going to play them now. You have the cast waiting. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm nerding out big time. Uh, this is an event. This does not happen every day. So let's just bring them on out. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. It's been 35 years, guys, since this cast first uh, grabbed my heart and my mind and my love. Uh, please give a warm New York City welcome and 92NY welcome to Michael Dorn, to, to, to Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes, please. To Gates McFadden. And to Sir Patrick Stewart. Does that happen every day to you guys? Is that a normal occurrence? Every day, every single day. He usually kisses Patrick and Michael Dorn too, but... Right, right. It's not their day today. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the rotating schedule. You gotta leave him wanting more. Um, but when people see you out and about, because you are actual friends in real life, I know it's shocking to say, but it's real. When, they, when people see you out in the wild together, it must be insane. Do they react? in something maybe a little bit more muted, but still slightly insane? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's the desired effect? Exactly. I actually, I actually don't get that. Um... <laughs> if you wore that turtle head out more. Yes, I did. In fact, uh, for many, many years, uh, when I would be out in public, I would get the same look every time. I'd be like talking or going through an airport, something like that. And I go, uh, yes, I'd like, I have, you know, the flight to Orlando. And the guy says, yeah, that'll be. <laughs> and, and it's that they're trying to put together the voice and the face and they just can't do it. Yep. Uh, but I got that many, many years. Do you help them along or do you just let them toy? No, no, I let them stew. I, I, I have actually. You know, sometimes, actually, sometimes I even lie, you know. But, uh, but no, no. I've been on a plane with all of these people. I don't know if you were on the flight. Maybe you were, but everyone, Brent, Marina, everyone, and the stewardess was going crazy, and she was going around asking for flight every, attendant. For, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I stand. I stand humbled and corrected. Um, the flight attendant, who was so gorgeous. No, I'm kidding. She, uh, 
she was asking for all of their autographs. And I'm sitting right next to Brent. We're all in different seats. And she comes up, and I'm smiling. And she hands it over to Brent. She said, can I get your autograph? And he signs. And then she asks for it back. And then Brent says, well, wait a minute. Don't you want hers? And she said, oh, OK, Mrs. Spiner, sure. And, and so I signed it. I said, love you, Mrs. Spiner. It's a collectible item. I mean, to be sure, it's a collectible. Collectible. Yeah. Um, and for myself. Yes, please. For myself, <clears throat> um, most people think I'm Ben Kingsley. <laughs> now, he's a lovely guy. I've known Ben for 50 years, and he's a brilliant actor. But would he please stop pretending to be me? <laughs> yeah. So it has been quite a while since we've seen the, this crew together uh, in this way. We've seen bits and bobs, but Star Trek Picard season three is a true homecoming. It is a true reunion. Um, talk to me a little bit about, for you, Patrick, was this always in the cards? When you came back for Star Trek Picard, were you eyeing this? Were you thinking about this? Like, if we get the opportunity, if the, if the audience responds, it would be nice by season two, three, four, to bring back my friends. You know, <clears throat> this may not go down well. Uh -oh. <laughs> You're gonna go with the truth. He's gonna go with the truth. <laughs> I, the words homecoming and... Um, reunion. Reunion, yeah. That's not what Picard is about. It really, really isn't. I know a lot of people wanted to see uh, Next Generation, just with an older cast. But it was not, it was never going to happen. Not, not for me when we first talked about it. And then one day towards the end of episode uh, series one, I was playing a scene with Marina Sirtis, who's currently in London. And, uh, and Jonathan was there too. They're, After. <laughs> no so, story of my life. They're husband wow. and wife. And, <laughs> I found the experience to be so delightful and touching and full of complex emotions because you may know, you may be surprised, we are a closely bound group of actors and I, I, I love everybody and I feel love coursing back at me all the time and that's been the great benefit of filming Picard. I'm curious for, for Gates and Michael, was there any trepidation when this comes around? I mean, it had been some time since you'd played these characters. Did you have questions? Was there, I don't know, did you approach it cautiously or was, were you all in from the first idea of it? I was working in my living room on Crusher for like 20 years, just <laughs> every day in the uniform. And I was, it was, it was good, okay? <laughs> you all missed it, so. <laughs> I would watch the one woman, I Beverly, show <laughs> any day. Um, no, it was, uh, it was a, a great uh, thing to get a call from Terry Metalis, who I think is fantastic and has put this all together. Unbelievable. Yes, applause for Terry. <clears throat> and he was so lovely because he asked us all, at least he asked certainly me, the, like, here's my idea of the story, and uh, Patrick was thinking it was a good idea, and what do you think? And, and, and we talked about it, because I didn't want to go back unless I really felt it was a, a, a good 
um, role, and it was different, and, and it wasn't just the same Beverly Crusher that we'd seen before. So I loved the story. I loved that she's been off on her own uh, in her own ship, the Ilios, and, and doing this work. Um, she's an explorer, an adventurer, a scientist, and that, that was great. So I was happy. For, yes. Uh, for you, uh, Michael, the man with the most Trek hours on the resume. Yeah. I got, I got 280 a, episodes. 280 episodes. Uh, uh, we, we think a thousand makeups. A thousand. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I've always been, you know, surprised. I always surprise myself that I so easily go, yeah, I'll do it again, you know. Um, but there's, there's one thing that, that you forget about, and I don't know why I do, but I kind of forget about it until I get there, and, and uh, it's the makeup. You, you, just, you just go, wow, and, and I, I want to make this as short as possible. It's like getting a call from an old girlfriend who says, hey, Michael, you know, hi, this is Mary. Oh, hello, Mary, how are you doing? Oh, I've been thinking about you so much. I'd really love to see you again. We had such a good time, and you go, yeah, she was really nice and really, really had a great time, a lot of lovely things, and yeah, I'll have dinner with you. And then halfway through dinner, was she a stewardess? You, you go, you go, <laughs> and um, but uh, but it was um, the same thing. They they made it very very easy. Uh, to come back because they incorporated stuff that we thought and stuff, excuse me, I thought, and stuff that they had uh, in mind, and uh, it, was a, it was a fairly easy transition. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, I generally feel at my best when I'm confronting the issues in my life. I'm not avoiding them. And that's where something like therapy can come into play and can be of help. It's helped many people I know. It's helped me in the past, and it can help you. Because when you're at your best, you can do great things. Sometimes life gets you bogged down. It happens to the best of us, and you can feel overwhelmed. You can feel like you're not showing up for yourself or for others. Well, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you so if you're thinking of giving therapy a try better help is a great option it's convenient it's flexible it's affordable and it's entirely online all i have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and guys you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge so if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com HSC to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash HSC. Since this is a, a rare, uh, I don't know when I'm going to have this opportunity again, let's reminisce for a minute, okay? Let's go back to the innocent times of 1987, okay? Let, let's take a look at, this is one of the earliest photos I could find of the oh, cast oh. together. Um, oh. 
So put me in your brains in that moment. What did you know what you had gotten yourself into? What Take me back for a minute. If there was a thought bubble above each of your heads, what would it say? I hate my spacesuit. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> here. I'm in America. Yeah, yeah. I got it. An English job. I got it. I got it. <laughs> it didn't play so great at the Y, though, did it? <laughs> well, speaking, okay, speaking of laughter on the set, when did you guys relax? When did you guys, when did laughter start to actually enter the equation? Like, was it, was it tense <laughs> right from the start or insane right from the start? The vibe of... You want to take that tangent. one, Patrick? Take that one, Patrick. <laughs> insane. Insane, yes, I think so. Uh, you know, you may have heard this before, but uh, my first day was not the day one of shooting, which rather disappointed me. I thought as a captain, I should have been in the first day. As seven years later, I was in the last day of shooting. And <laughs> well, it wasn't the last scene of the show. It was an earlier scene, and uh, it was with this guy, Q, you know? And uh, anyway, and everybody it was like one o'clock in the morning, and everybody was so tired, and they just waited to hear, and cut. That's the end of Next Generation. And it took a while to come, but then it did finally arrive. And we all <laughs> fell asleep. I'm stopping there. Okay. <laughs> You're the captain. Do what you like. Uh, what, what's the... <laughs> Respect. You're right. You're right. What's the wine... Retired. <laughs> Is there one line of techno babble that will haunt you to your dying day that you will hear in your, uh, like just in your brain that will never escape you that was traumatic at the time? You know, I never had techno babble. I, uh, Worf was nice planet. <laughs> um, but there is there is one one thing that I always that always tickled me uh, out of everything, and and I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Patrick talking Klingon. Oh. I I I literally. Couldn't get through a scene. <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that, Michael. It was, it was, he was deadly serious. It was really, you know, but he just, when he said it, I, I just lost it. And it was one where he said, um, oh God, I can't say the line. It's, you can't say, jag me jag. And I went, But, but Michael, what you don't seem to understand is that that was not an accident or the best I could do. It was deliberate. <clears throat> I was dealing with an alien accent. And yeah, I could speak it fluently. <laughs> but emotionally, intellectually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice escape, Admiral. 
Good cover. <laughs> you all directed on the original, uh, on Next Gen or Deep Space Nine, you all directed. Mr. Frakes has kept at it like, uh, I mean, just this is your life. I mean, you're amazing at it, yes. Was it, was it an adjustment when fellow actors were directing each other? Was that, that could, you know, that could be a little unusual, a little, little touchy, or was it, uh, was it smooth sailing? For you, Jonathan, do you remember when you started to direct your fellow actors? I remember it as if it was yesterday. <laughs> I had uh, shadowed, as they call it, for about three years, and finally, Rick Berman, who was the keeper of all things Star Trek at that point, relented and gave me an episode, and my, all levity aside, the cast was incredibly supportive. I was very well prepared. It was a data episode, which is generally a good sign because Brent's a pretty decent actor. <laughs> Rene Echeverria had written it as a spec script and he's gone on to a great career as an executive producer of many other shows. Um, the, the company behind the camera was supportive because we just spent three years together and we had become, it was a really, it was a great place to work. So. All the uh, stars aligned for my first episode, which led to getting another one. As you know, we did 26 a year, and often if you're doing 26 episodes of television a year, they're not gonna be all home runs. <laughs> or triples. <laughs> Hit by pitch. No, it was. <laughs> Pitchers and catchers, by the way, on Thursday for all you baseball fans. Um, so it was, uh, I was blessed and continue to be by having the opportunity to do this job. Gates, when you think back to the time on, on Next Gen and then and the films, I mean, look, I think we can all agree, Crusher was underserved. Crusher did not get what you and... Wait, so I was in those films? <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, was it a constant fight? Was it a constant discussion? Like, where, where's the material, guys? Like, what, what happened? Yeah, but you know, it, it, there's a system, and there's a studio system, and there's Hollywood, and I, I was a New Yorker for 22 <laughs> years, right? Uh, and I, you know, I, I really was clueless, basically, when I got out there. So I didn't understand that, yeah, there's, there's ways of doing things, there's politics, and, uh, you don't always get what you want, that's for sure, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I was disappointed in my roles in the films. I felt it, it was a character I really didn't think was Crusher. So I'm thrilled with uh, what's going on now. It was, an, uh, I'm honored that it was such a great script for everybody. We Ev love you. Oh, God. <laughs> And, and the new cast people in, in this season, the people who I had never worked with, are fabulous. I really loved every choice of actor, other than Michael Dorn, but you know. Right. Uh, it, it, no, they're all fantastic. <laughs> Has the tech changed that much? Are you guys still kind of like pushing back and forth when, you, when, the, when the, the, the ship is hit? Does it feel like? You know, I'd like to, I'd like to. I don't know if I like your tone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was getting ready to... You see what he... Yeah. We worked on that shit. No, no, no. There was... Let, let me say, that there was... They have tried 
for, for I don't know how many movies to replicate that. They had, you know, $200,000 worth of hydraulics and, and things are going and, you know, oh, we're going to take the, they took the bridge and put it on gimbals to try to, and in the end they said, uh, forget that. Can you guys do your, <laughs> seriously. We had a couple of rules. We would ask, after we had conferred as a company, we'd ask the director, what do you want between a one and a 10? That was the level of shake. If, any, if it was over an eight, somebody had to fall. And I think it's a good time to share a little anecdote. If you will, we're on the bridge. Sir Patrick's in the middle. I'm over here to his right. Marina's over here on the left. Down in front, we've got uh, Labar and Brent. And, and we're shaking like crazy. <laughs> And Patrick's in a seat that is, by the way, ergometrically designed to his ass, or lack of ass. So he's, he's extremely comfortable and shaking in his seat. And I'm sitting where Gates is, and Patrick's grumbling and shaking. And he's old Johnny. Johnny! 25 years in the Royal Shakespeare Company for this! You tell, you got one. I got one. Um, <laughs> it, like it, it involved, it involved uh, Patrick and, and Gates and myself, and we were going through this horrible stage 16, which is nothing, that's where they put all the dirt and everything like that. Planet and, Hell. And they, Planet uh, Hell, right. and they, Planet Hell, and they have, because of dirt, we had stray cats in the, at Paramount. So cats, dirt. Cat piss. And so we're crawling through just all of this stuff and into little caves that they did. And we're, and, and the end of one day, we are covered in this stuff and we're tired and it's late. And I look over and there's Patrick and we are looking at each other and we just started chuckling at it, just, just kind of laughing. But it wasn't that sort of, oh wow, isn't it? We were laughing like, oh my God, you know, like. Like, oh, and I looked at Patrick and I said, Patrick, what are you laughing at? And he goes, I don't know how I got here. <laughs> and I said, and we, he says, one minute I'm doing a seminar in Santa Barbara and the next I'm crawling around and catch it. <laughs> something that I've, I, I don't know if anyone else remembers this, but I, I don't know who was directing, but there was, there were these creatures from a planet, and they were like rice, okay? They were these tiny things. And the director, who was a new director, he had us all standing in a line, and we were supposed to pretend they were going to do CGI, that we were watching this thing. Do you remember this? And the director had a stick, and we're all in a line, and he was having us move with whatever he was doing. And I just have this memory, it was late at night and we're all of us in a line going. <laughs> and it was like ridiculous and we all started laughing. That's what I remember and it was, it was like, and then he, finally we got to sort of space it out. We had some crazy. So with all of these glamorous experiences over the years, <laughs> I mean, Patrick, I mean, like, 
I, I'm sure, look, it's a love affair with Shrek. It has brought you so much joy and happiness and, and, and a life. But like, has there been kind of a push and pull at times where you were like, guys, I need a day without a Trek reference. I'm good. Like, I need, a, I, need a, I need a break from Trek. Or has it felt like a steady, like, did you kind of rationalize and understand what your relationship was to Trek and the fans pretty early on? Did you just say that this show brought you a life or brought you a wife? Which was it? <laughs> I know. Choose. Because they're not the same thing. No, the, well, <laughs> there's sometimes overlap. I, I said wife. You did say wife. No, I didn't. I said wife. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was in your head. Yeah, yeah, that's good. good that, I, cause that's I, the other character that yeah, can read yeah, minds. Yeah. So what was your question? <laughs> um, your relationship with Trek over the years, um, has it always been you know, a healthy one, or did it feel like at times like a lot to, to wear that mantle? It has been much more than healthy. It has been full of pride. And um, you know, for seven years, we never ever got into the list of nominees for major TV dramas. Not one of us. Acting. What? Not acting, yeah. Not acting. Right. no. Uh, I, I don't think directing ever got an Emmy. Um, designing did special effects. Every year they were mounting up, but we, we never did. And it always felt to me that there was some kind of curse underlying the nature of the show that we did, and that, and that there was um, a, a reluctance to acknowledge that what we were doing was really unusual, and novel, and outstanding, and, uh, and it never was. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyone can take this. Finish this sentence for me. If I'm scrolling through the television channels and I see the next generation is on, I dot dot dot. Pour yourself a drink. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. I want to talk to you guys about performance apparel and our sponsor this week, Viore. Because guys, I have become so sick and tired of the traditional old workout gear. It's not comfortable, it's not functional, it doesn't look good. That's where Viore comes into play. Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. It's so comfortable, it's probably I guarantee, actually, it's more comfortable than whatever you're wearing right now. Plus, it's versatile. It works with any activity, running, training, swimming, yoga, whatever you do, Viore works for you. And Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint. I love that about this company. They are also reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 and beyond. They're utilizing better sustainable materials for their products, empowering your best active life. And again, guys, it's versatile. It's comfortable. It's designed to look great in your everyday life. Yes, outside the gym, this stuff looks amazing on you. So get in on it right now. This is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, Viore is offering 20% off your first purchase. That's right. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com 
slash HSC. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash HSC. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to Viore.com slash HSC and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Some burning questions for you guys. Uh, Riker with or without the beard? Where do we, where do we stand? Oh, not even a question. Yeah. In the Urban Dictionary, which I don't always quote. <laughs> Riker's beard means the opposite of jumping the shark. That's amazing. He says with pride. Would the show have, su- have succeeded if, as intended early on, Sir Patrick wore a hairpiece? Can we look at the photo that we have? We have a photo. Oh, don't. Oh, don't. No. <laughs> we don't have to. 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 Um. Whew. Dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Better villain. The... <laughs> <laughs> the Borg or Q? Ooh. Whoa. That's tough. That's tough. I think definitely the Borg. I mean, my own, my own opinion. Um, I thought that Q was, was um, uh, uh, he wasn't a true enemy because he was, you know, immortal. So it wasn't ever really a chance of, you know, of winning. Uh, where the Borg, you know, they had their weaknesses. And so uh, I think that they're, they're a better enemy. Did I say something wrong? Is, is, did I get the question wrong? Or what, I don't know. What, what is, <laughs> Jesus, Johnny, you look at me and I got I'm all nervous. I'm confused about who the Borg are now. <laughs> what do you mean? You said Q's immortal, so therefore not really an enemy. Yeah. What about the Borg? I mean, they got, you know who. But, but, they're, but yeah. they're, they're not immortal. You can beat them, so there's a chance. You, you know, you Q's essentially a, a god. I mean, how do you yeah. fight a god? You don't That's fight tough. a god. Yeah. I'm with you, Michael. It's all good. We're good. Yeah. All right. Wow. <laughs> We're going to have to ponder that one a little. What about Vatic? Oh. New season. Yep. Guys, wait till you wait, see Wait, was it. she in this? In the first episode? No. 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 Oh, great. <laughs> CBS, my apologies again. Uh-oh, they're on the phone, the producers. Okay. I, I have deep respect for both categories. Um, having been myself for a while a Borg, <laughs> there, there is an empathet- empathetic quality inside me. But I also love John Delancey. He, he raised the stakes every time you played a scene with him, and he's a wonderful man and a just astonishing actor. However, what you, did, what you missed out were the Ferengi. 
They never got respect. They're my guys. Yeah. I love them. <laughs> Next time I come around, I'm gonna be a Ferengi. <laughs> There's the quote of the night. I was going to say, if you had on your bingo card Patrick Stewart saying of the Ferengi, they're my guys. <laughs> Big winner. Yeah. Big winner tonight. <laughs> um, never cease to amaze. <laughs> Again, without ruining anything of, of the, the season, because there's a lot of surprises in store. And as you re referenced earlier, these relationships have evolved. Um, Riker and Picard have a much different kind of dynamic that we're going to see. Uh, more contentious, we can say. What was it like to play out what these folks haven't quite seen yet, which is new territory for Riker and Picard? It was a pleasure. Roddenberry, as you probably know, discouraged the idea of conflict in the bridge family, in the family of the ship, which was... Um, inherently the opposite of what makes good drama, as we also know. So Gene's vision of the future was clearly much more peaceful and without confrontation. Um, what we've moved on to, not only the characters, but the actors are now 20 years older than the last time we saw them. Picard is no longer in Starfleet. Riker's got huge uh, family issues that had changed his, his, the dynamic. And, um, the writers had pitched it to Patrick and me the idea of this sort of butch and Sundance, but in conflict. So the, the characters have always been like brothers and friends, but very rarely disagreed, or their points of view are very rarely opposed. I think what we got to do in this season together, at least my feeling is, was as interesting or as exciting as any of the scenes that we'd played prior. And again, what you mentioned, you look into Patrick's eyes and you get into the scene with him, and you know you're in good hands. And that was, um, that's how I felt. We have, as you can imagine, a bunch of questions from this audience. So let's see what they have in store for you. Um, John G wants to know, do you think Star Trek can still be used as a mirror to our current world? Sure. Sure, yeah, absolutely, I think it can. <coughs> and I think that's the way that it's going, and it's something that uh, I, I, my association in that respect makes me very proud. Um, we just mentioned the new villain, Vadak. Uh, in the final original series film, Christopher Plummer played the big villain. What are your thoughts on the symmetry of his daughter playing the big villain in this Next Generation adventure? She's such a gifted actress. Um, this actress. is Amanda Plummer. We should Amanda mention. Plummer. And I mean, I knew her work from theater in New York. Uh, she's, she has really done a fantastic job uh, in, the, in the season. Really, really spectacular. I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Um, I was very impressed with uh, her choices, and uh, it was so much fun working with her. Really, really fun. Yes. This is an important one. Doug wants to know, if you were a, if you were a warp nacelle, <laughs> would you be the port nacelle or the starboard, starboard nacelle? <laughs> Take your time. Don't rush into this, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> My, Michael wants words with Doug. Porter Starbird, anybody? Lefty or righty around here? No, pass. Port. Okay. Well, you have a better chance of surviving in the port in a cell. Yeah. yeah. Port. Okay. Okay, Except if port. you're bald, and then your chances go down. Right. Uh, to Gates McFadden, what is Dr. Crusher's medical specialty as you see it? As I see it? Yes. Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I will be taking appointments. Uh, I think Crusher's specialty, I always wanted to, uh, I, I brought to Gene when I first came in to talk to him, I brought all these Oliver Sacks books because I had read his books and thought he was fantastic. So I said, I want her to be a neurologist, really someone who's very into the brain and because I think we're, we're only beginning to understand the brain even now and it's so extraordinary. So that's, and I had brought him Awakenings which the movie hadn't been made yet and I said, this would be a cool episode, this kind of thing. So I, I always, patterned her after that, but then I realized she, she also could, could work on cats. And uh, you know, so she had a lot of specialties and she, she worked a lot to expand her practice. Although, although she always only had about two patients in sickbay, but still, okay? And many, many of them died, yes I, I know. I was just about to say. Yeah, you don't want to dig into the, the stats for Crusher. Uh, this is for Patrick Stewart, but I, I'd like to hear any and all of you weigh in on this. What has surprised you most about your character after playing them over the years? Like, were there new surprises this season that you found? I mean, you know these characters as few do, as no one does. Yes, but I'm not allowed to talk about any of them. <laughs> no, I, I, there weren't really surprises. Uh, the only thing that was a surprise that they had talked about was uh, the way the character looks. You know, they wanted to have a certain look, and, and that, was, that was surprising. Uh, but it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is something, you know. It, it was something that I kind of warmed up to. So, uh, so that was, so there weren't really, not, not for me at least, there weren't really surprises. Oh, yeah, Warp looks awesome. Yeah, the um, handsomest they, they he's had, ever looked. They, they had um, they had said that to me. They said they wanted him to have just gray hair. And I, I told the story earlier that you know that I my little ego, my little actor's ego. I don't little really, ego. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's the other thing we do. We don't let each other get away with shit. Um, uh, <laughs> um, Alyssa would like to know how many fish were in the fishbowl in the ready room? Five, Patrick? Okay. Livingston. <laughs> you meant in total, didn't you? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
another question for Gates. What was the most fun about shooting action scenes as a character who is often a caregiver? Who is the best at action? Gates, did that come naturally? You have a dancing background, I would imagine. Yeah, I've, well, I've done also martial arts. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, Marina and I didn't get much of that when we were doing the first part of the thing. I got a couple times where I got to do, uh, I had the vortex, okay? Uh, I had uh, that one episode where I went, went on it with the guy and I loved all of that stuff, I really must say. So that was fun. I would, uh, just because I love to do movement, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Michael, do you uh, enjoy Worf's fighting moves all these 35 years in? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do, actually. Um, it it kind of started, with, as all we all know, the, um, the first season. Whenever a, a character would come on the ship who was supposed to be kind of big and strong, they would beat up Worf. You know, it always... <laughs> You know, yes, hello, I'm John Luke Picard, and this is, you know, Lieutenant Worf. Would you like to beat him up? Yeah, yes, please. And, and, um, and it, was, it was, you know, it, for the first few times, it was like, you know, and, uh, and then I went to Gene, and I said, you know, I'm really concerned because every time that this whole thing, and, you know, and he goes, well, Michael, um, we just want to show that, that Worf is very powerful and that you know, these people are very, are even more powerful, you know? And I go, well, well, data's the most powerful thing in the galaxy, why don't you? And he says, get out of my office. <laughs> but but I, I have to say that Dan Curry, who did the special, uh, the um, lot, yeah, yeah. he was, I, I didn't mean to stop, I just meant to say yeah, it was, uh, but he and I got together and he's a martial arts expert. And, well. That's why we do these panels. We oh. learn things about each other. <laughs> and, um, and so he and I got together and we created the, the Klingon martial arts. And that was, you know, all of the stuff that you see is from him. So, and I, and I do enjoy that. I like the physicality of it. I like all the stuff. Uh, and so it, it was always a pleasure. And, and in, you know, the Picard, uh, iteration, it is um, same thing. We continue with that, which I'm I'm very happy about to a to a great degree. Today's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Are you guys like me? Do you feel kind of a buzz when you find a deal? Do you feel smart? Do you feel lucky? What about when you're surprised by a deal? Does it feel like you're getting a treat for free? Well, thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes. It's a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Okay, how does it work? Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds, Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you'll find the prices drop. I know from experience, guys, I've just gone through this Valentine's Day, my niece's birthday, I had to get gadgets and clothing and gifts, and Honey was there for me. 
And Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your iPhone too. You just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out, guys. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting happy, sad, confused. So get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com hsc. That's joinhoney.com hsc. When Nemesis came out, did it feel like there was unfinished business? Like, did it feel like this wasn't the way we wanted to go out as a cast? Yes, Patrick? Definitely. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't have gone out if the movie made any money. <laughs> I, I think that's a sad truth, is that uh, Paramount had made 10 Star Trek movies and nine of them made money and Nemesis didn't and they said, we're done and they shut down the movie franchise and then they gave it J.J. and gave him a lot more money and he made some big, wonderful, glorious cinematic movies and, and we're all back. <laughs> Do you have a favorite, I mean, I would imagine there have been so many different pitches, meetings, et cetera, about different Star Trek projects after Nemesis. Was there one project in particular that, for any of you, that was close to your heart? What? Well, you, I mean, you've talked before, Michael, about wanting to do a, a Worf series, and that's still out, you know, it's still out there. It could, you know. Yeah, I, I actually, I actually uh, I had, a, had a meeting with uh, Kurtzman, uh, Alex, and um, Heather, and uh, one of the other producers about, you know, the Worf series. And um, in this business, and John and I were talking earlier that so many things have to happen, have to fall into place in this business. I mean, I said, oh, like 10 things, and he says, no, 20, uh, have to fall into place before anything happens. I mean, they could, be, they could be like, oh, wow, this is great, and one person goes, no, I don't think so. Right. And they go, no, we didn't like that either, you know, and, <laughs> and that's the end of it, yeah, so. But you know, you never say never in this business. I mean, well, what do you think? This is the last, I said, you just, you, you can't predict that, especially in Star Trek. If they said, oh, by the way, 20 years later, you're gonna be doing this again. You go, I, I, you know, I'm gonna be on a beach. You know? <laughs> I'm not gonna be, you know, so, here you go. Does it feel, it seems fruitless and futile at this point to say like, this is the end, right? I mean, like, it's being said this is the end of the Star Trek Picard series. Is that true? I mean, that doesn't, I guess the caveat is it could be something else. It could be called something else. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm just giving you an opening to continue, Patrick. But yes, it would, we know it really would be Star Trek Picard with other folks too. <laughs> I don't know that they want to change the title. <laughs> right, Patrick? Oh, I, look. It, to me, three seasons was always ideal, perfect, um, because I didn't want it to become bogged down in you know, trying to find new stories to tell and tell. I was so happy with where they placed Picard at the very beginning of this movie and uh, of the season. And I also felt that having lived with him for so many years, I could live with him only for a few more. And, <laughs> and, uh, and in fact, what we ended up doing 
was unique in many respects, and I like that. I really like that. I will say, and I haven't mentioned this, and again, I'm not going to ruin anything, but like, I was also astounded at how much it honors all the iterations of Trek. If you're a Voyager fan, a Deep Space Nine fan, any of the series, and it really, Terry Metalis, the, the showrunner, has really done a great job in kind of towing, uh, threading that line between, you know, it can be called fan service, but it's not, it, it's, it, it, it works for the story. It really does. And I, it's, it's, you'll like it. That's all I'm saying. You'll like it. We hope so. Um, <laughs> Mira wants to know, what is the greatest gift your character has given you? For any of you. It's a big one. Mira doesn't do easy questions. Yeah. How to listen. Yeah. Huh? That's a good answer. That is a good answer. What? That's a really good answer. Good answer. That was it. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no. listening is really, really important yep. on what we do. I can, you watch TV and I can see actors who are just waiting for their cue. They're not actually listening to what's being said to them. And I, I've, you guys have heard me say this so many times. On a meeting that I once had with Rod Steiger, it was my first day ever on a, in front of a camera, and he said to me at lunchtime, you know, what you've got to remember is the camera photographs thoughts. Think about it. <laughs> Are there any traits from your respective characters you'd like to... Oh, that's a different question. Well, I'm tweaking it yes. from Mira, yeah. Patrick and I have often talked about if we could be the men that Picard and Riker are, we would be better men. There's a certain sense of honor and there's a loyalty and there's a... Uh, it, the qualities that um, Roddenberry imbued into the characters that he wrote are qualities that we aspire to. I certainly aspire to be that good a man and will not be. But I, I, it's good to play him. It's, it's, it's good to play someone who is that honorable, I think. And has a sense of humor. And, but he's, uh, his loyalty is, is really admirable. I'm curious, just, you know, look, you have about 800 devoted fans uh, in this audience. And you encounter folks like them every day the last 35 years. And that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of, um, it's a lot. And I guess I'm curious, like, how do you receive that? Has it changed over the years? Um, do you respect it more or understand it more? I've, I've learned so much about, <clears throat> about this country, about myself, about um, the future and how we are all connected. I, um, I've grown a lot as a, as a person, I think, through many of the people I have met. Um, there are some amazing encounters that we've all had, and I, I really respect uh, so many of the, the people who love the show. They taught me what it is to be a role model. I didn't teach them, they taught me. And um, I hope if I have any legacy for the character, it is a character that gives love, uh, because I think that it's ephemeral, it's not like it's a, not a monument, it's not a plaque, it's just something. And there is a give and take with an audience that is extraordinary, and certainly for Star Trek, 
It's been powerful. Well said. Since we're near the end, I'm saving my tough questions to the end. One burning question I did not ask Patrick, uh, Picard or Professor X? <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the nature of both these characters is so different. What? Oh, I've thrown in some Shakespeare, too, options. No, let's limit Hamlet? it to two. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll give it a shot. Ian McCullen's just played Hamlet. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> they are so different. The first time that I met with Brian Singer when he wanted, because I'd, I'd passed on the offer of X-Men, because I didn't want to go into the world of sci-fi anymore or fantasy or you know superheroes and all that and he persuaded me that there would be something totally different about x-men and he was right and uh i i found um that jean-luc's manner and attitude was one of a man who was essentially always ready to be at war. And that was not the case with, um, what was his name? That was a, <laughs> he went by a few, Xavier, Professor X. Xavier, yeah, you know. yes, Charles. Charles, it was Xavier. friends, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, it was just the first name I couldn't remember. No, I got it. Yeah, got Chuck Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him because just like just like the work we did, I love being with that company of actors yeah. as well. Do you feel okay about Hugh going back? I feel like you had a pact, you were out together, now Hugh Jackman's going back. Well, the, you know, I, I would probably have done the same. Um, <laughs> but we, we both felt that we were waving goodbye yeah. with Logan. We, you know, it's maybe better known than I believe, but he and I held hands through the last 20 minutes of Logan, yeah. because I suddenly saw that he was wiping his eyes. And the moment I saw that, I began, my emotion began to over. And we held hands right to the end of the movie, and it was absolutely delightful. Amazing. I mean, should we end with taking a shot as if we're on, on the bridge, guys? What number, three? Four? What, what do you think? Unless you want to hit the deck, it's got to be under eight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do a two. A two? Yeah, two is, two is good. Two is, two is good? What, and which yeah. way are we going? What, we'll start to the left. Okay, okay. Now, somebody has to say, and shake. And shake. Okay. okay. And is your setup. The audience will say, and shake. Okay, so. But you have to put a little pause between it, so and Okay, so I'm going to give you a three, two, one, and then you do the and shake together. You guys, you got, you guys got this? We're going left. We're going to start left. Yeah. Okay. Come back in. <sighs> I'm sweating, guys. <laughs> I'm scared. You fucking set it up. <laughs> this is your call. You're the only one who doesn't know what you're doing. I know. It was a horrible idea. Okay. Three, two, one. 
That was that was too much. What was what number did I give you? You gave us like a five, four, four or five. My first one, guys. All right. And you have to have that look on your face too. You like the twos, don't you, Patrick? I know you do. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna do one more time. Which are we doing two again? Yes. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. The victory is ours. Ladies and gentlemen, the cast of Star Trek Picard. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 